this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. It's easily found at www.dredhill.podbean.com. Well, I'm glad you joined us today, especially if this is your first time. Welcome aboard, and for those who've been here many times, welcome back. Our episode today is entitled, What's Next? AI and the Antichrist. Now, you might ask yourself, is that a name of a death metal band? No, but it would be a good name, wouldn't it? AI and the Antichrist. What are we talking about? Well, we already live in an AI space, that is, artificial intelligence. It's all around us, 24 hours a day, every day of the year, all year long, whether you realize it or not. And when you see warm and fuzzy dancing robots and barking bot dogs on YouTube and other places, maybe a television program, and you see a robot vacuum your floor, what could possibly be wrong with that? Well, let me, let me ask you a question. What if artificial intelligence is a tool of the global superstate and eventually of the Antichrist himself? Now, I operate under the reality that whatever can be conceived can be achieved. Whatever can be constructed will be corrupted. What is built to benefit people can be used to betray people. And we're going to talk about some of the aspects of artificial intelligence in this episode. So I hope you're ready. I hope you're taking notes. If this is new to you, you're in for what I call a shockeroo. Some of you are aware of these things, and this will further refine your knowledge. Have you ever heard the phrase, the Internet of Things? When you look that up, you'll see that it's often re referred to as IOT, Internet of Things. Now, let me give you an example. The whole idea of a smart home. You know what that is, don't you? Well, if you, you don't, you're about to. A smart home is a home that basically is connected digitally uh, within itself and to electricity and water, and you can remote control the security system, and when the furnace kicks on and the air conditioner kicks on and the lights turn on or go out, even remotely, that would be a good example of the Internet of Things, but it's far more complex than that than just your home. And, you know, I've wondered when I see some of these faucets, I'm not a plumber, so I'm not an expert on what I'm about to say, but I'm just talking from a logical standpoint. When you see faucets that, that have the sensor, when you move your hand under it, the, the water comes on, or maybe the soap dispenser gives soap, you know, like you see in some of the, uh, uh, let's say, a restroom in a store, an office building, that kind of thing, maybe even your home. I don't know exactly how all that works, but I think it's dependent on electricity, and it certainly has some type of smart technology related to it. What happens when the power goes off? I mean, is there for sure a backup where you can still get water in your home? Probably, hopefully, maybe not. I don't know. That's a great thing to research, isn't it? When you think about a phrase, connectivity, have you ever heard that? It means that 
Things are just, it's just what it says. Things are connected together. And it's sort of like they say in the army that everything that must be together to work correctly, everything like that is shipped separately. (laughs) Think about the logic of that. But connectivity is where everything is just connected and we begin to have a truly global world because if something happens on one side of the world, it affects everybody on the other side of the world. Seen anything like that lately? Some of you have seen the movie The Matrix. I have not, but I've read about it. And The Matrix would be a very good advanced description of the world that we are already living in to to some degree. And that that degree of just that that matrix, that net that everything operated within that was hard to escape, that's a pretty good analogy of where we are heading rapidly in our world. I believe that although technology can do many wonderful things, there also is the concept of the technology trap. That is, things can become so connected that they can be controlled remotely, not just by you, but by other people who may not like you. Did you know that brand name tractors, I won't name them, but there's a brand name tractor that if you'd miss your payment on that brand name tractor, it can be turned off remotely? Did you know, for example, that if you rent certain equipment, that when you're done with it, in order to keep it from being stolen or used longer than it should be, they can be remotely turned off. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, yikes, that has has some downsides to it if the wrong people are in charge of that. Think about what I'm saying. When you think about a digital world economy, the death of cash, which is the the goal of the financial experts worldwide to, as rapidly as they can get away with it, to do away with actual paper money, currency, cash, coins. Get rid of that and all of your your money, so to speak, will be digital. It will be on online, on a computer. Well, let me ask you a question. If you become the enemy of the current government in power, Don't you think that government can just say with one click, well, you have no money in your account? Doesn't that concern you? Say, oh, that would never happen. Are you kidding me? Did you know that, I believe it was about 18 months ago, two years ago, time flies, that in many countries in Europe, people went to sleep at night thinking they had X amount of money in their digital bank accounts, and when they looked at their bank accounts the next morning, the government had taken certain percentages of what they thought they had, and there was nothing they could do about it. Think about that. Say, are you kidding me? Did that really happen? Yeah, it happened. You can, you can research it. It won't be hard to find that, but that absolutely happened because the government said, oh, well, you know, we passed the law and we needed the money, so we took it <laughs> Who needs the IRS when you could just take somebody's money digitally? Did you know that 
we are heading in a direction with implanted microchips that eventually, if the powers that be want them to have this, will have a kill switch in them. You mean like literally kill me? Maybe. I don't see why that's an impossibility, especially if it's a like a bio microchip that's integrated with your body. I would assume it wouldn't be too hard to put the hurt on you remotely. Think about what we're talking about here. Think about access control. If you literally could not enter a store, then you could not buy things. If you could not even do that digitally online, you could not buy things. Think about what I'm saying. Say, oh, that would never happen. Did you know that one of the largest big tech companies in the entire world is working on stores that are access controlled that no one works in except robots to stock the shelves the total checkout system, uh, I believe they're running tests on this. If they, they haven't started it yet, they plan to. I read about this. Uh, and they were touting it as a, you know, a great thing for the future. I'm, I'm seeing problems with it. How about you? That, it, that you simply have no access to where food and things that you need are. And if that's combined with a digital economy, where you have to be in good standing with the super state and whoever leads the super state, that uh, well, it's just not good. I mean, at least if I have cash money in my pocket, I can bribe my way out of anything, right? <laughs> I can buy stuff on the, the black market, the underground economy, even if the government doesn't want me to have it. But if I have no money, that creates a whole new set of problems reducing me down simply to bartering to survive. What about the satellite network around the world? I saw an image yesterday that was, was an actual um, digital image of all the satellites around the earth. Did you know we are completely surrounded on this earth by satellite networks? I heard that sometimes as many as 100 satellites at a time are launched into space and put into orbit around the Earth. And these are certainly part of that network, that matrix. Do, does that work for many good things today? Absolutely. But notice that what I said a moment ago, I operate under the reality that whatever can be conceived can be achieved, and whatever can be constructed will be corrupted. I mean, after all, people are involved. And what is built to benefit people can be used to betray people. Friends, if you know anything about history at all, you know that what I'm talking about is, is potential because it's happened not in terms of technology, but in other ways, it's happened many times before. What about the, the rise of bots and drones? Oh, I love my drone. I fly it over roofs and take pictures, or I... I uh, fly it at the beach. You're brave. <laughs> what if you lose it in the ocean, right? But I fly it around and I take beautiful pictures of the sunset and all that. Hey, great. Knock yourself out. But did you know there are dragonfly-sized drones that, that resemble a dragonfly a lot, but they have a payload that can deliver death to enemies. 
I am told, although I have not seen this, I am told that these are being used some by elite units with our military. Have a terrorist you want to take out that's causing a problem for your platoon? Send the dragonfly, and it just whacks him in the back of the head. No more problem. That's great to defend America, but what if that is used against citizens? Think about that. What if there was a robot army with superhuman strength and superhuman intelligence? Pastor Ed, you've been watching way too many movies. I haven't actually watched many of those movies at all. I just, I see what's being created, and I know that there is no ethical, really, limitation placed on these things. I know that you will hear that, oh, well, yes, they are. We would never use these for this and that. How many times have you heard that? And then you watched and you learned that, like, hey, they're doing this and that anyway. One of the big tech companies is openly planning to build a robot army. Now, allegedly, that's to deliver a product and all of that kind of stuff. Great. And drones to deliver products. Great. As long as it's used for good, maybe it's okay. Although I, I have reservations about it. But what if someone who had other designs were to build a similar robot army with superhuman strength and superhuman intelligence, that it would be virtually impossible for the average person to overcome such, a, such an invention. Do you know about predictive AI, predictive artificial intelligence? Basically, it's just cataloging everything you and I do and with a very high degree of certainty, predictive AI can determine what we will think, do, and say, and even where we will go. Well, isn't that a good thing if I go missing? Yeah, but what if you don't want to be found? That's a problem. What about machine learning? Now, I didn't know a lot about this. I get the general idea, but I, I, I researched this a little bit. Basically, Machine learning is where computer algorithms improve themselves automatically. Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> it isn't a programmer uh, upgrading the abilities of uh, bots and drones and all of that. It's not that. It's that the machine itself is able to improve and expand its abilities. Think about that. What about a facial recognition surveillance camera network that can pick out one individual that is being pursued immediately out of a crowd of 100,000 people that already exist, and no doubt it will be refined and refined to an unbelievable degree. China is the world's leader in that. They boast that by 2030, there will be one such camera for every three Chinese people. And they are exporting this whole idea to the entire world. That's why you're starting to see cameras everywhere. Now, they may not all be the facial recognition type. Nevertheless, 
the powers that be, if they want to, can know everything about you and everywhere you go and everyone you are with. That might not be a good thing. What about UN Agenda 2030? One of the things you'll get out of that, if you read that, it's online, go look it up, read it, is they want to move virtually everybody in the world, everybody if they can, from the countryside, from rural places, and in my terms, herd them all, us all, into big cities. Big cities for everybody, no exceptions. Now, I want to ask you a question. Has anything happened, oh, I don't know, in the last year or so that people thought, hey, man, being in a big city, that might not be the place to be? Well, I can think of riots. I can think of other types of civil unrest. I can think of medical issues. Anybody? Well, the UN thinks it's a Jim Dandy idea for everybody. The more, the better to all live in cities. To me, that sounds like it would be an easier population to control worldwide. Now, what I'm about to say, this, I've thought a lot about this, but I've, I've researched this, and I've, I've just thought about it, and I'm just going to lay it out. And I'm not the only one that thinks this. Even people at places like MIT and other large um, universities and research centers, you know, really smart people in science terms, are asking some of the same questions. The pandemic vaccination. I'm starting to think, now I'm not an anti-vaxxer, at least I wasn't until now. I'm starting to think this has hints of depopulation in it. I don't think this is a vaccine as we have traditionally thought of that. In fact, it doesn't keep you from catching that certain virus. Now, I've watched this, and I'm convinced now that this is an attack on people by the elites. That's a conspiracy theory. Hey, people and governments and government agencies do conspire there's no doubt about that after 2020. And a theory, that idea, is that, does that mean it's automatically wrong? No, a theory is to be tested and proven or rejected. I have concerns about that, and I know a growing number of people do as well. I mean, if I was going to design a way to reduce the population of the earth, which is a globalist aim. They think there's too many people on this planet and some of us have got to go. If I could use some program like this to make people more susceptible to future inflammatory diseases that they could not overcome, if I was like that, this would be a great tool. Now, you may or may not be yet where I am on that, no, you may not have done the reading and listening and studying that I've done on it. So maybe you should do some of that. At the end of it, you might not agree with me, but at least you will have done some homework. Where we're heading, people, is one man, one click, and global tyranny is in control. Could this ever happen in the world? Well, not before now, 
No way. Wait. <coughs> Listen to this prediction that I read. Now it uses imagery and symbolism to inform us about real events predicted in the world's future. And I'm sure if you can understand the Lord of the Rings and Chronicles of Narnia and things like that, you could catch the warning here. Now listen carefully. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the beast, the dragon. Let me reread that again. I misread it. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. <clears throat> if any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not 
worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. Now some of you may recognize that I just read from the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book of the Bible, and I read from the 13th chapter of Revelation. Now, in this podcast, this particular episode, it is not my intent today to break all of this down. I I simply want to say this. The Great Reset, touted by the global elites, the absolutely best and brightest, (laughs) right, the Great Reset will be the topic of discussion at this year's World Economic Forum in Singapore in five weeks on May 25th to 28th. The World Economic Forum Great Reset will either usher in all of their brilliant ideas quickly, you know, it may take a while, but they may get right on it, hop to it, or take major steps to do that as soon as they can get away with it. What they don't know, or maybe they do, is that they are crafting the global government that will eventually be controlled by the Antichrist who uses artificial intelligence to force the world's obedience and its obeisance, that means worship, and there will be nowhere to hide. Whoa. Now, am I saying that this is all going to happen this May? Maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? But it's certainly going in that direction. And this is, this is where the global elites want to go. They want to take you with them. <laughs> There's a watch. Some of you may have heard of it, a watch. And there are apps that can tell you if you have fallen. You know what I'm talking about. Our devices now, many of them can know, well, all of them can know exactly where we are and what we are saying and doing. AI, artificial intelligence, can even predict with virtual certainty what we will think, say, and do and where we will go. Now, I mentioned that idea of a watch and apps can tell if you've fallen, and here's why. And I checked this out in the Greek. This is fascinating. I, I feel like the Lord showed this to me the other morning because I've never, I don't think I've heard anyone mention this. At least I've not thought of it. So 
you know the watch, you know the apps where uh, if you fall in it, it says, hey, are you all right? You know, that whole routine. What if, now think about this, the, the beast, the Antichrist, is going to demand and receive worship from the world. And the false prophet, that, that second beast, is going to make sure it happens, right? Well, the word worship used there in uh, at least a couple of spots, I have to go back and count them, but the word worship used there means to fall down. Whoa. I mean, that, that kind of worship, the kind of worship where King Nebuchadnezzar said to Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, and to everybody in his kingdom in Babylon, this was a real event, when he created the image that everybody was to bow to. Do you remember that? In the book of Daniel, everybody was to bow. And if they didn't, it was, uh, you know, the furnace for them. Well, Meshach, Abednego, and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided as soon as they heard it, they wouldn't be bowing. And they were thrown into that furnace. The Lord rescued them and it humbled the king. And you know the story. That was a literal historical event. But notice there in the book of Daniel, they were to fall down and worship that image of Nebuchadnezzar. Go back and look. <clears throat> well, here it's interesting that the word used for worship of several times, it means to fall prostrate, to fall down. Same thing, same idea. And it blows my mind that there are now phones and apps and who knows what else, the devices that can determine if you've hit the deck. Think about it. Say, oh, you are reading a whole lot of stuff. Hey, let me remind you, and this is from just watching history and watching life, especially watching government. Listen, this is what you need to remember. I operate under the reality that whatever can be conceived can be achieved and whatever can be constructed will be corrupted. What is built to benefit people can be used to betray people. Think about what we're saying. What if all of this was originally invented to help people, but the wrong person, as in the Antichrist, and a super state that has superhuman and super intelligent force to enforce everything, what if th that type of global government and leader controlled all of this? Think about it. Can the rapture of the church, true believers in Jesus Christ, can it be too far off once a global, super-intelligent, super-connected world government is firmly in control? I think not. So it comes down to this. Either your name is going to be called or your number is coming up. I'm going to give you a phone number, and some of you will have the wisdom to call this number. Now, you're not calling me. 
but you're calling those who can help answer your spiritual questions and even lead you to a personal, life-changing faith in the risen Lord Jesus Christ, who is God. I don't care what religion or denomination you're coming from, you need this Jesus Christ. Write this number down, 877-247-2426. With Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can know for certain how your eternity will turn out. Instead of following Satan and the Antichrist and all of their losers and being condemned to an eternal hell, you can follow Jesus Christ, come over to his side and be welcome into heaven and eternity with God. If you're too shy to call, then maybe you would like to chat with someone. Chataboutjesus.com Chataboutjesus.com Chat with someone about your concerns and your spiritual questions and how you can come to a personal faith in Christ or grow in your new faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, even how you can reach others for Christ. I do not believe from Scripture that the church goes through the tribulation. The church is the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe from 40 years of prophetic study that at some point in the future, maybe sooner than we could even imagine, the Lord is going to rapture or snatch or grab his church out of this world. And then that global government with Antichrist in the lead who eventually runs it will take over and rule the world for seven years while the church is in heaven. And then those of us who are true believers in Christ are coming back with him to rule with him in his thousand-year glorious kingdom on the earth, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So I think we're getting close to these events. When will it happen? I don't know that. I'm just saying be ready, be watchful, just like the Lord Jesus Christ said. Thank you for listening today. I hope this has worried you if you are not a Christian and you're realizing you need Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you are a Christian, I hope it has sparked you to begin to witness to others, give out gospel tracts, pray for people to be saved. We don't want anyone to go into this time period and face this terrible future for this world. So that's my prayer, and I hope that you will join the team of missionaries for Jesus. Share this episode with people you know and love. They don't have to understand or even agree with everything I said, but they will be warned, and we will leave it up to the Lord what happens with them and how they respond. Thank you so much for listening. If the Lord doesn't come before then, I will teach you on the next episode of This Week in the Word. God bless you. Have a great week.